All right, so today's question is a, is a little complex. So you're gonna have to bear with me on this one. I might need to take a little bit of your time to get through it, but the question is, is are orders to detain and transport the suspect back to the station for a formal interview lawful? All right, so, all right, so not all states may have this, but this is still an interesting situation. So an officer from Missouri, says that it is a common practice in Kansas City, Missouri, where the, pros the state prosecutors issue an order, a, it's called a stop order or a POI, a person of interest order that's entered into the computer system. And when the person is found, they are then handcuffed, transported back to the station for a formal interview. Okay, so common practice. Now, it's this is not a fresh arrest, right? This is not, you know, where somebody got arrested and they're transported and, you know, we're going to interview them. These are based off of these orders issued by the state prosecutors. Some of the officers feel that this is an unlawful practice, right? That this is basically an unlawful arrest. And that you would have to have either an arrest warrant, probable cause, or consent. Okay. So let's go through this. So first of all, let me say that if you have probable cause to arrest a person and, you know, the stop order is based on probable cause, we, we don't have an issue. I, I don't see the issue because we can just call that an arrest and just arrest the person. You, you see my point here? The only issue is going to be if these stop orders or POIs are based on reasonable suspicion or anything less than probable cause. So let me assume that that's what's going on. Again, now they also talked about fresh PC. We don't have fresh PC. I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, I, don't, I don't see the issue there. As long as you have probable cause, whether it's stale or fresh, if it's still probable cause and there is a right to arrest the person, um, we can just call this stop order or POI a, an arrest warrant, right? It may be, it may be called, it's not called an arrest warrant, but I think we just call it that constitutionally because it looks the same. That's what it kind of looks like, right? So if it's if these if these stop orders or POIs are not based on probable cause, Houston, we have a problem. So let me just go through um, some. I'm 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 getting my source here from the great Wayne Lafave. If you know if you've been in my classes, you know that Wayne Lafave is a god in in search and seizure, um, uh, you know, uh, history, and he's the most cited and credentialed uh, search and seizure expert. Uh, according to the U.S. Supreme Court and so forth. And he has a treatise called the Search and Seizure uh, Treatise, right? So here is a case um, where, let me see, well, this is a case in U.S. versus Brignoni Ponce, 422 U.S. 873-1975. So Here's what the Supreme Court said about something like bringing bring the guy back to the police station, right? 
the detention of the petitioner was in important respects indistinguishable from a traditional arrest. Petitioner was not questioned briefly where he was found. Instead, he was taken from a neighbor's home to a police car, transported to a police station, and placed in an interrogation room. Sound familiar? He was never informed that he was free to go. And indeed, he would have been physically restrained if he had refused to accompany the officers or had to try to escape their custody. So very similar to what's kind of going on in Missouri, it seems like. The application of the Fourth Amendment's requirement of probable cause does not depend on whether an intrusion of this magnitude is termed an arrest under state law, right? The mere facts that petitioner was not told he was under arrest, was not booked, and would not have had an arrest record if the interrogation had proved fruitless, while not insignificant for all purposes, obviously do not make petitioner seizure even roughly analogous to um, the narrowly defined intrusions involved in Terry and its progeny. Indeed, any exception that could cover a seizure as intrusive as that, in this case, would threaten to swallow the general rule that the Fourth Amendment seizures are reasonable only if based on probable cause. So that is our basic overall overarching rule that what is happening in Missouri is unconstitutional if, if not based on probable cause. If it's based on probable cause, this is not the case. So that's important, okay? Now next, the courts around the country, including the Supreme Court, have either talked about directly or indirectly talked about using these orders, these judicial orders, to take a person off the street, bring them back to the police station for fingerprinting, lineups, hair samples, DNA, so forth. But all of them, according to Wayne LaFave, have distinguished that from interrogation, right? So here's another example. The Dunaway Court, that's another, Dunaway is another Supreme Court decision. And Wayne LaFave's that, Wayne LaFave says, the Dunaway Court makes another issue about transporting people, makes absolutely no mention of the statutes, court rules, or appellate decisions discussed here in authorizing station house detention on less than full probable cause for investigative purpose other, you know, other than the uh, interrogation, right? Okay. So here is my final... Okay, so we're good for, you know, lineups and so forth, right? So the next question, this is um, from a case, uh, uh, I believe it's from Atwater versus City of uh, Lago Vista, U.S. Supreme Court. So the next question is whether a brief detention at the station is reasonable only with respect to certain types of investigative procedures. Davis, right, the U.S. Supreme Court suggests that the answer is yes, for the court there said that such a detention might comply with the Fourth Amendment, even though probable cause is lacking because of the unique nature of the fingerprinting process. Yet, most of the provisions cited earlier permit investigative detentions for many other types of other purposes as well, such as obtaining witness identification for use in lineups, photos, 
voice exemplars or handwriting exemplars, obtaining fingerprints or other prints or body measurements or impressions, obtaining specimens of such thing as blood, urine, urine, saliva, hair, or fingernails, and obtaining identification material from the surface of the body, right? However, the court also emphasized that fingerprinting involves, and all these other things, involves none of the probing into an individual's private life and thoughts that marks an interrogation or search, right? So the takeaway is that we see no support or very little to say the least, right? I mean, not no, there's always something out there, but we see very little support that the US Supreme Court would uphold taking people off the street for an interrogation at the station house without probable cause. That is not the type of reasonable intrusion that courts have found with other things like the fingerprinting and the DNA and so forth. So my answer is, if it's not based on probable cause, I would not do it unless my prosecutor can show me just a thought. Now, first of all, back up. You know, if, you're, if you're, your prosecutor is telling you to do something, just so you know, you do have some immunity that comes with that. I mean, you're going to point the finger to them. I mean, if they're telling you to do it and you do it and you get sued, uh, you point the finger at your prosecutor and you say, I'm doing it because they gave me a piece of paper that says to do it. If the judge, if this, now it wasn't clear in the comments, right? I've never seen these things before, these POIs and stop orders. But if a judge signs off on it, you do it, right? You do it. You don't second guess a judge. The judge is always right until the appellate court tells them that they're wrong, right? But as far as you're concerned, the judge is always correct. You just, you do what the judge tells you always, right? I mean, pretty much always. Um, the prosecutor, of course, you know, they're not judges. They, uh, they don't have the same power as a judge, but, you know, this is pretty easy. You call up the prosecutor and say, hey, look, I'm having some doubts on this. It doesn't seem legit. Um, you know, I'm watching also this blue to gold guy and he's saying he can't find any case law that authorizes snagging people off the street for interviews with, without probable cause. So what's going on here? If they say, well, look, no, we do have probable cause. That's our, that's what this is based on. Then you say, okay, good. I can do it then, right? That's different. And they say, well, no, we don't have probable cause, but this guy's as a person of interest. It's the same thing as if we needed fingerprints. Then you say, well, look, I would love for you to kind of look at what Anthony's saying here. And um, I'll give you the, the section of the treatise by Wayne LaFave. Most of your prosecutors will have access to this. It's 9.8B. Section, the section is called appearance at the station absent grounds to arrest. So 9.8B, Wayne LaFave, search and see the treatise. Um, they can kind of look at that and make their own conclusion about whether or not they're constitutional. That's what I have for you. Very interesting question. Maybe not for everybody, but hey, you know what? This is still uh, moving the ball forward and these are great conversations. I'm out of here. But before I go, do me a fave, right? Like Wayne LaFave, do me a fave, hit like, subscribe so I can show you my new videos, share with your friends, right? That's all I'm asking. Is that too much? Probably not. Stay safe, guys.
When it comes to law enforcement training, we are the gold standard. Visit bluetogold.com or call 888-579-7796 to learn more about our training, books, and free webinars. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this channel.